Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and Locked On NBA will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, and NBA veteran Antonio Daniels and get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, a Friday episode of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. However you may be listening on Odyssey or your favorite podcast app, thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Got a fun one today. Gabe Vincent, one of the Heat's many developmental finds who's done an awesome job starting in place of Kyle Lowry, talked with me after practice earlier this week about a whole bunch of things, including how he transformed his game, carved out a role on the Heat, what he thinks of Heat culture and Jimmy Butler. And then I talked with Caleb Martin about splitting up from his twin in Charlotte, closing games for the Heat, and what he hopes for after playing out this two-way contract. All of that coming up next. It's been a whirlwind couple of years for you, right? From signing here in the first place to, you know, the pandemic, se- getting cutting that season short. You're in the bubble. Then you're playing for Team USA. Well, then the injury, and then Team or Team Nigeria against Team USA. All these things. What do you feel like now? And now you're obviously playing major minutes. Do you feel like you finally maybe found your footing in the NBA? Um, a little bit. I think you start to try to carve out your niche. Um, you know, I kind of started out being this defensive guy in the NBA, uh, and then starting to show I can make plays on the ball, off the ball, um, and kind of be more of an all-around player. Be able to score. Be able to facilitate. Help run offense as well as continue to defend. So um, it's still bit by bit. Obviously, it's still early in my career, but I'm definitely starting to try to make my name. You grew up in Modesto? Yeah. How was that? What are the hoops seen like in Modesto? Um, they're okay. You know, it's a small town. Yeah. Uh, small town. I mean, I ended up going to the Bay Area in high school for mm-hmm. AU stuff, playing at the Oakland Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but growing up in there, I grew up in the Slam and Jam program, guys like Chuck Hayes and... Yeah. Um, throwback man Reeves Nelson back in the day he was from the area so we've had a few guys come out of there that's been pretty pretty successful with basketball um, you know Chuck probably being one of the most right now so uh, it's been okay you know guys yeah. that guys give advice when they can uh, me and Chuck still very close so uh, I definitely try to pick his brain whenever I get a chance or whenever we're in the same city so does that mean you grew up a Warriors fan no, no, no! I didn't really have a team to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, during that time it was like the 2000 Kings and yeah. Kings Lakers rivalry was heavy, but I never really had a, a team per se. I kind of just had yeah. guys I liked and followed and, and just tried to learn as much as I could. That would be more Kings country though than Warriors country. Right? Yeah, for me, yeah, for me, it'd be more Kings country. But yeah, I wasn't necessarily a Kings fan. So. Right. Uh, then you go down to UC Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go on draft to 2018. What did you think was going to happen at that point? Um, honestly, I didn't know. I know I had I tore my ACL my junior year of college. Um, I think that was 2017. So I, I was trying to get back as fast as possible. I knew that would kind of affect me a little bit. I could have taken that senior year off and then played again, like a red shirt type situation. But um, I felt good enough to play, and I'm a competitor. I'm going to compete. So um, I just tried to go out there, have my team win, and didn't necessarily have the year I wanted to have. We didn't necessarily win the way I wanted us to win. So. Uh, I knew it would be kind of interesting coming into the draft and all that. I knew there would be a high chance I'd go undrafted. Okay. Um, so just kind of embraced that. And then from there, I was trying to figure out how I can get here, which was going to be the path for me. And uh, decided to go to the G League that first year. I had a couple injuries. Mm-hmm. 
that kind of set me back. So in many ways, my my second year was like my rookie year, mm. almost in, in ways that I view it. Um, and that summer before, I had a good summer in China with the Nigerian national team, yeah. competing there, and that kind of catapulted me into that um, that second year in the G League. And then I got picked up by Miami in January. Obviously, there's a lot of reasons why you would play for the Nigeria national team, right? With pride and everything like that. But also, I would imagine it just helps to get high-level basketball in, too, right? That, I imagine that was part of the, the decision. Um, yeah, I mean, but it was, I think it was more so the chance to represent the country. Absolutely. Uh, to represent my country, part of my heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of summer development, I mean, I've said it before, you can you can go work out as much as you want, but it's very different when you're playing meaningful basketball. Um, and, and year-round meaningful basketball, it's just you're, you're growing, um, having to learn a different style of game, different refs, different environments. Uh, different hostile environments in the middle of July. You know, not many people are getting that. Yeah. Uh, even summer league isn't necessarily like that. So, in many ways, it was a very different setting. You know, you're playing guys that play Euro League, play Euro Cup. You know, play high level basketball that are all coming together and competing. So, um, you know, it was a good opportunity. I definitely relished the opportunities to do so, and um, it's been great so far. Take me back to your first Heat experience. You signed in January. Like yeah, two January, months later, January eighth or something like that. Two yeah. months later, Rudy Gobert tests positive. League shuts down the next day. Then you don't really know what. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And then you're in the bubble. Yeah. Kind of take me through that. Tell me what was that like? Your first two uh, It was crazy. I was actually supposed to fly out or drive out the next day uh, to meet the G League team in Lakeland. Right. Um, so I was kind of getting my mind wrapped around that, getting ready to go up a few wins, go win this G League title, and come back and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of finish out the year strong, per se. I think at that time, two ways couldn't play in the playoffs. So it was like, let's just try to make the most of the end of this year and finish strong and get ready for the summer. That obviously happens. And, you know, I'm in the hotel here waiting for two days to see what's going on. And then next thing I know, I'm in that hotel for a week. and hotel closes and we had to go to a different hotel. And now I'm in Miami for two, three months, you know, kind of just here, COVID. Yeah. Um, and then we go to the bubble and it was like, okay, this is, you know, at least we get the game back get to compete um and i just spent a lot of time in there working on my game and obviously we had a hell of a run but yeah what were you hearing at that point did you think you would be coming back like what what did you think would be happening after the bubble um i had no idea yeah i had no idea i know we had a few calls on deciding when we wanted to start season again if we wanted to go christmas day before christmas after christmas um, and and different things that would happen with the money involved with that obviously and um, so I wasn't necessarily sure, you know, I felt like, you know, I'm, who, no one knows who I am, you know, what does my opinion matter on this? So um, I just tried to be as ready as possible and then ended up having surgery right after the bubble. So that yeah. was like, I need just to get back as, as soon as I can, as healthy as I can. So yeah. um, I, was, I was happy to get the, another two way from the heat to kind of have that insurance of like, okay, I, I have somewhere to go yeah. while I'm undergoing surgery. And um, I guess I had done enough to have, have their belief in me to, get healthy and, and be able to compete again. So I was just eager to showcase my talent and, and show them I'm worth it. What do you think you did show them that they would have that amount of belief in you that they would use? They only have two of these two-way con- spots right. and are obviously very valuable as right. far as the development from the team standpoint. Yeah. You weren't with them very long. What do you think you showed them? No, I think um, I think I showed them a lot of my work ethic, a lot of how I carry myself, my professionalism. Uh, I showed them that, I mean, they knew I was a, a shooter or scorer coming out of the G League. Uh, when we got to the bubble, I think I showed them capabilities of being a one and being a playmaker, mm-hmm. um, which obviously made me a little bit more attractive to them, I think, knowing that I could do a little bit of both. Right. Um, and then picking up my defense throughout that bubble and then coming into the next season. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I started to show them everything that they weren't sold on to get me here. And I think 
as that's what that well, they were sold on as a half starter, shoot the ball a little bit better. As that's come around, it's, it's been a little bit more complete of a player. Eric Spolster was saying something the other day how they wanted you to sort of play that more one role, defensive minded, mm -hmm. getting guys involved, playmaking, and that that kind of went against your initial instincts because, like you said, you were a scorer, you were yeah. a score first kind of guy, more of a two. Um, I don't think people really appreciate how difficult that can be. You've grown up playing basketball your entire life doing it, probably with the score first type of mentality, I would imagine. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I played up a lot when I was younger. Okay. So I wasn't necessarily the biggest or the fastest. So it was like I was I couldn't score over everybody. So it was more of the younger I was, it was more of facilitating and more of okay. what I'm doing now. And then as I grew up and got more skilled and started working my game, became more athletic. I was able to get shots off and be able to be more of a scorer. Right. So then at that you took the amount of years, the amount of time I've been a scorer per se has been the majority of my life. So then yeah. I have to kind of go back to turning down some shots to get right. a better one. You know, it is a little bit of a struggle at times. Um, yeah. Still figuring it out. Obviously, there's a lot of times as a, as, you know, a scorer mindset per se, you feel right. like you can get a shot off on anyone at any time and they're all going to go in. So it's, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to turn that voice off in yeah. your head and um, try to make the best play for the team overall. Yeah, and sometimes it's valuable because like, mm -hmm. the other night against the Lakers, two nights ago, whatever that was, right. um, there was a point, I don't remember who was guarding you, but the Heat had gone a couple, you guys got a couple minutes without a bucket and you went and just sort of went to the little mid-range zone, popped up and mm -hmm. then hit a mid-range shot. Right. And, it's like, and I'm like, oh, whoa, okay. Yeah. This guy's like, those are like, you know, yeah. those are you gotta, tough shots. I think that's the one part that's tough about the one is is getting everyone involved and then picking your own spots. Yeah. Um, and knowing obviously there's a lot of responsibility having the ball in your hands. So yeah. we can go high, pick a roll, and get a shot at whenever we want, essentially. So it's like having to find the flow of the game, make sure everyone's involved, make sure we can control the pace and the tempo, and then find your areas to be aggressive for yourself. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action, for 2022 it's a new year with a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and you can receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to get started from football basketball hockey boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports it's bet online where the game starts You've heard of heat culture, I imagine, before you even got here. What was your first sort of experience of that? What was your first impression of, oh, okay, this is what people have been talking about? Uh, when it was a practice, one of my first practices here, uh, it was supposed to be a light day. We had a game the next day. I think they had a game the day prior, kind of similar to the situation. We played last night or, or played last night, day between game and the following. Um, and there was a, a transition drill that we just kept messing up. Um, and I wasn't really getting many reps because, you know, it was a two-way. It was supposed to be a 45-minute practice. Uh, we were we were not very detailed and uh, spoke kind of lit into some guys. And we had a lot of guys out injured or hurt or trying to recover. And it was like limited guys. And it was like, no, we're still going to make sure we do this right, yeah. get the right amount of reps, make sure it's detailed. And then we had to be here like two hours or something like that. I was sitting there. I'm getting a lot of reps. I'm exhausted now at this point, thinking it's going to be a light day. And I was just like, yeah, this is crazy. We got a game tomorrow. You know, like, what are we doing? You know, this right. is not, this doesn't make sense. Right. Um, and then seeing the guys go out there the following day and compete and, and play really well and play hard, it was like, okay, this is just what this level demands. Yeah. And uh, obviously having guys like Jimmy Butler around sort of adds to that 
very unique kind of leader, flicking off teammates on the sideline. <laughs> He's just like trash talking on social media. Right. What's the Jimmy Butler story that you will tell your buddies or something? You know. Oof. Uh. You know, I mean, I think uh, the Jimmy Butler story is, is that that picture that's kind of become. Like you think of Jimmy, I think people think of that photo of him in the finals on the stanchion, exhausted. Right. Right. You know, and it's like that's Jimmy. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about a guy that can have fun, that can um, joke with teammates, like you're saying, and be a be a leader. It's very vocal, demand a lot from his teammates. Yeah. Um, but you know that that's that's still who he is. He's going to give you everything he has, um, whether it's a night against the Lakers in the finals or a night against the Lakers. The game 50 of the season, you know, so uh, when he come, goes to compete, he's going to compete hard and, uh, you know, a lot of that and then the mentality of it is what separates guys in this league. How are you handling the whole, you know, the other night you're closing, you know, obviously Kyle wasn't playing and stuff and then other nights you're out of the rotation. How are you handling that sort of start versus sit kind of quality of your season? Uh, With a lot of gratitude. Yeah. With a lot of gratitude. Uh, I mean, I understand the circumstances. 100%. Um, it's not easy necessarily to, to go from one to the other. You know, you got rhythm and all that stuff that come into play. But um, if you keep the big picture in mind, which is winning the game, if that's what, what really matters first, I think that makes it a lot easier. You know, we're playing well. Some nights it's going to be my night. I understand some nights it's not going to be someone else's and it will be my night. Um, so I just, just I'm, I'm grateful. I got a lot of gratitude. I'm trying to celebrate other guys and they have their moment and um, still develop and make sure I'm ready to, you know, when it's my turn that I can be my best version for my teammates and, and help them make plays. So, What's your feel for what the team's ceiling is this year? Say it again? What's your feel for what the team's ceiling is this year? Uh, I mean, our goal is to win a championship and I think we're capable. I think we're very capable of doing so. I think we're on the right track. We're still building our habits, mm -hmm. um, getting better every day. We're, we're showing that we're very deep. Uh, with the whole COVID protocols and guys going in and out and injuries in and out. So um, I think that in the long run would be very useful for us. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you get into a series, you never know who you're going to need to be an X factor. And we've had multiple guys show that they could be that. Yeah. Whether it was myself or Caleb or Max or, or Dwayne, or you can go down the line. Um, coming off the bench, and obviously Tyler off the bench has been playing out of his mind this year. He's been mm -hmm. playing very well. So, uh, you know, I think we have a, a, a lot of capability. And then just a couple more quick things. I appreciate the time, but you got the you got the brace off in November, right? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Does that really change things? I mean, what is, what's the impact of having it on and then taking it off? Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's different when you're you got a little bit of weight on one side and instead of the other. So okay. in terms of like recovery and muscles being used, you're, you're overworking some muscles, underworking others, and um, just kind of getting more of that equality just with my body and being able to recover better and put certain issues to bed that were only issues because of the brace um, and continue my rehab so that I don't have to worry about the brace, you know, mm -hmm. be able to stay strong and uh, continue to be healthy. So I think, you know, I think the brace, I'm, without it, I think I'm visibly a little bit quicker, a little yeah. bit more athletic and um, I feel it. So I think it can be shown. And the one, the first night I had it off, I had my first dunk in my career. So it was like <laughs> that, that right there, I was like, we're not putting that brace back on. So that was like, you know, so, but, uh, you know, I haven't had any issues, yeah. thankfully. So. Uh, just trying to roll with it and stay healthy. When you signed this contract, what was the first meal you had? First, something you treated yourself to? Wow. Like that? Uh, not really. I was in the G League. I just got there. I just got to yeah. Sioux Falls. I got the plane signed. Um, and I was still just getting situated over there. And mm -hmm. um, you talking about that contract or my, my this, standard this contract? This contract, your standard contract. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went to dinner. I went to dinner uh, in Vegas. 
because uh, I was there for summer league. Yeah. Signed out there. Uh, I wasn't playing in summer league, but I was I was there mm -hmm. at the team and working out and whatnot. Um, signed there and, and a couple of friends have been in town mm -hmm. to see the games or compete in the games and we had got some dinner and got together met with a couple of different groups and just just had some good food and got back to work in the morning where was the dinner spot uh, we went to catch one time yeah. stk another nice uh, and then there's another spot like the encore or something like that yeah and, you know I hit, I hit a few dinner spots and nice. just tried to eat good and you know <laughs> celebrate a little bit also catch up with some people and right uh, you know, just make sure I was ready to get back to work in the morning. Last one here. Um, you're maybe the only player in the league that doesn't have a nickname listed on Basketball Reference. Really? <laughs> something you have nothing. What is, what's what's wow. the nickname? What's What do people call you here? What is... Sorry. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? When I'm playing with Nigeria, they call me my middle name, Nandi. So, right. Um, I think that's kind of developed into somewhat of a nickname, even though it's still my name. And yeah. some fans have been calling for me to put it on my jersey, and I've kind of entertained the idea a little bit. That would be cool. Uh, yeah, it'd be really cool. It'd be really cool. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a nickname per se. Yeah. Kind of hard to make a nickname out of Gabe or Gabriel. But G? I don't know. Yeah, G. That, that, that got tricky when Goran was here. I didn't know who they were calling. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't necessarily have a nickname. Maybe an alter ego with, with my middle name. That's about it. That's about like the, that. the, the game people have been playing with that. So. And then you let the, the throw out. Did you let the throw out over this summer? Or was that the summer uh, throw out? Yeah, that was just a few games ago. That was a few fro, games. Fro Gabe, Bray Gabe. I guess those have been the nicknames. <laughs> those are all fro Gabe or Bray Gabe, yeah. And then Nambi. So we'll see All right, cool, shows up. I appreciate the time. All right, that was good stuff from Gabe Vincent. Thanks again to him for taking the time to talk with me. Uh, and now here is Caleb Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating right, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you're going to want to eat it, unlike other protein bars that can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. If you want to eat healthy, sometimes it gets boring. By like week three, you might be thinking... You know, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, just 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar that, that usually has twice as many calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, and there's so many flavors to choose from. They have coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact... Built Bar is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Here's the offer. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off on your order. That's right. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Going back to when you first signed here, you had two different workouts uh, with them. Um, when you were kind of attempting to maybe latch on a two-way or whatever they were going to talk to you about. But that's kind of unique, right? Yeah. Two different workouts just to kind of get signed. What went into the decision to, to you know, say, yeah, I'll do two workouts with you? Not having no options, really, you know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, it was just one of those things, like, uh, obviously every opportunity was was uh, was great, you know what I mean? I was willing to, to try to take advantage of every opportunity, and, you know, I didn't have many, so anything I could get, I was... I was more than happy to do, so I had no problem with doing eight workouts if I had to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to come in and, and, and kind of put a face to a name and just show them I was, that the numbers didn't, the numbers from where I was said didn't really, you know, didn't really represent the type of player I was. Yeah. 
Was it hard to separate from, from Cody and kind of leave the one NBA team that you had known? It definitely was. It definitely was a little bit at first, but not as hard as I thought, honestly. I mean, it was more just, you know, obviously I knew that my first time being separate, but I knew that would, you know, we got FaceTime, uh, all that stuff, so we knew, I knew that wouldn't be the biggest issue, honestly. I was just so locked in on what was next for me and, and, and trying to prove to people that I, that I belonged, that I didn't even, I didn't, you know, not saying I didn't care because I did, but yeah. I was that wasn't my biggest worry. Right. Um, was the fact that Miami and Charlotte were in the same division play any? Oh, yeah, I thought about that. I was like, at least I won't be far from them, even if I do come here. Yeah. And honestly, coming here when I worked out, I had no idea that I was going to end up here. Right. You know, I just came here and wanted to work out and just kind of, you know, just, just – just put myself in front of people so you know how it goes sometimes even if you do great sometimes and looking at the roster they had and have people coming in and uh, I don't even know if there's been any time any playing time for me here anyways you know what I mean so I just kind of wanted to put myself out there and maybe you know let it pass from word of mouth or whatever you know what I mean what was the uh what were the workouts like who was here what was your approach most of the team was here I think pretty much almost the whole team was here besides Jimmy I think um you know um most of the guys that were signed here already were here, and then there were some other guys who came that weren't on the team, but, you know, former NBA players and guys who retired or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Guys who were, like, really good players. So, And uh, we, shoot, we were just playing pickup. We were just getting it, getting it in, going up and down. And then I think my second workout was more like a shooting individual workout. Yeah. I think they wanted to see me individually. So a little bit of both. And then now, kind of fast forward now, both you and Cody are having career seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, why? Why do you think that is? Is it just time in the league, with opportunity? Probably a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, definitely time in the league. You start to learn and pick up on things. You start to figure stuff out. Obviously, just maturing in, in, in your game, but also it's um, it's uh, like you said, it's just uh, I think it's just the right place too, and and um, and it's a confidence thing too. Right. You know what I mean? I just think the more that we we hoop and more we're out there and the more you're just playing against people the more you realize that you know it's people aren't much different from you yeah especially if you put the work in like you know we put a lot of work in so we know that the opportunity is going to come it's just a matter of if you're going to be comfortable why, why, why you get it or not so and just being here man they just push confidence into you here so you know it, it hasn't been it hasn't been that hard you know if I didn't if I wasn't playing myself then that, that'd be on me not because then yeah and the uh, the Red Bull nickname starting to catch on a little bit. Yeah. Spo used it in post game the other night. Yeah, man. Are you in favor of it? I'm in favor of it. I'm in yeah. favor of it. Yeah, I like that name. I think it I think it represents me well just in terms of just bringing energy and obviously yeah. jumping and but also just like kind of having that mentality, of just like you know that bull mentality, kind of like a dog mentality, just kind of do whatever mm-hmm. I need to do in order to win. So I like it. I'm okay. Yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> Obviously, I would imagine you've heard of you heard of heat culture. You know the whole idea of heat culture before you ever got here yeah what was your first experience maybe where you walk in here and maybe it's practice maybe it's a game maybe it's a locker room i don't know and you're like oh this is what they're talking about yeah what was that first sort of moment man there's been a lot of moments honestly man it's really a lot of it too is just the feel just the way god just the approach of mm-hmm. everybody you know what i mean and, um you could just tell like it's, it just gives you more of like a college feel you know what i mean in terms of you know what i mean where it's like guys are you could tell everybody's on the same page for the same goal. Yeah. You know I mean, and it's obviously a little bit different too, because whenever you're on younger teams, guys are trying to figure out their own path, and everybody's trying to figure out their own stuff, and and they they, they want here. There's a blueprint here, right. and so you can tell guys operate and approach each day like like it's like it's 
trying to win. You know what I mean? It's the next step to winning. So yeah. uh, whether it's a workout or, or, you know, how the coaches, how they put in work, or the player development, anything, weightlifting, whatever it is, man, you can just tell they've been there and they've done it before. So they know what it takes to get there. So you, it's just a feeling too. You know what I mean? There's also a lot of trash talkers on this team. Yeah. Who does the most trash talking? Who does the most? Oh, yeah. OG. <laughs> OG, UD. Yeah. He talks the most nonstop, man. <laughs> talk, and does he talk the most to you? Who talks the most to you? Talk, everybody gets, everybody. you know, everybody gets their rounds. PJ, Kyle, Kyle a lot. You know, I talk to Jimmy a lot. UD, OG, I talk to him a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Keith, Twin, that's my dog. Like a lot. I talk to everybody down the line. Like everybody gets their fair share. And that's what's so great about being on a team like this. And then your three-point shooting. You, you've basically now, to this point of the season, shot as many threes as you have last year. Mm-hmm. Shot 25%-ish last year. Mm-hmm. You're at 38% now. What changed? Just confidence, man. Just letting it go. Yeah. I just, mentally, I just wasn't comfortable shooting. Like, I didn't kind of know where I was getting my shots, when I was going to get them. Minutes would fluctuate. I just wasn't being myself last year and um we had a lot of new pieces so we were trying to figure that out and we were just trying to fit in i was trying so hard to fit in instead of just being me which naturally fits the way i play naturally fits you know i feel like wherever i was at you know what i mean so like it's i just had to get over that mental part of it and uh just realize my game doesn't take away from anybody Mm -hmm. it just adds on yeah i mean so like once i realize that and then you have guys like that's like this pushing you and nudging you in the bag too and the rest is easy did you have to change the form of your jumper? I mean, is yeah, that yeah. something you worked on? We tweak a the, yeah, we, we tweak some stuff. Obviously, like, one thing I emphasized on coming into this year was just letting it out early. You know what I mean? I think right. I was holding it at the top a lot, trying to force it to go in. And so this year was more just, like, let it go and just trust the results. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then you're part of these closing lineups some nights. Mm-hmm. Obviously, your on-ball defense is something that Spo relies on in certain matchups, and then the, the shooting has come along and everything like that. Um, what's it been like, you know, going from like, hey, I'm on a two-way, we'll see if I get yeah. playing time, like you just said, to now you're closing some games. Shit, it's just fun, man. Just yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's awesome just to realize somebody, like a coach of that caliber, just trusts you to be in at moments like that, mm-hmm. regardless of what contract you're on. Yeah. Like, it, like I said, it just puts more confidence into you, too, because it's like, he doesn't care who's playing. He don't care if it's like a 10 days. If it's going to help him win, like he's going to put you in. Yeah. And like I, like, I love that, you know what I mean? So when yeah. you, you recognize that as like a player, like, it just gives you more hope, even if you're not playing. We're like, all right, well, shit, he could throw me in there. You never know. Mm-hmm. For if I, feed, you know, if he needs, if we need, like, what I bring, then he gonna throw you in there. So yeah. like, that's 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 dope to see, like, to play for. What did you see at the end of that game against the Lakers? Spoke with you in for that inbounds. Obviously, the ball goes over LeBron's head, but you were right there. You were mm-hmm. right there to get it. What? Take me through that play. Um, sure. I just saw like. Uh, THT just was kind of leaning. Uh, he's like a little out of control when he threw it. And as soon as I seen Brian jump and didn't look like he was going to touch it, I just knew he wasn't going to be able to grab it. So uh, that's why I started, I started, uh, you know, start approaching that way. I was like, it looks a little high. And I just knew, like, if he tipped it, even if he tipped it and didn't grab it, I'd, I'd be able to get a clean little, a clean touch on it. So um, just more off instinct, honestly, though. You know, it's like, it's like stuff like that happens in slow motion. So, <laughs> so when you see it, so it was. As soon as it went over his head, I was just, my eyes got big. I was like, "Oh yeah, I can get that." Yeah. Did you even know Westbrook was right I, behind you? I saw Russ. That's why I had to put the I had to put the burners on. You know what I mean? Because he's <laughs> yeah. he was trying to do the same thing. So like, I had to make sure if I was gonna get it, I was gonna get it. So. Yeah. Um, what you, I know you're taking it day by day. I understand that. But the nature of your two-way contract. Mm-hmm. What do you hope is next? 
what are you guys talking about, if anything, at this point? Man, I haven't talked about, you know, nothing. It's like, really, man, just like my approach every day is just like, it's been the same since I got here. Like, I think that's what helps me so much playing, too, is I don't worry about nothing else. I just hoop and, like, everything else take care of. Everything is going to take care of itself. Like, you know, I love being here. I feel like they love, like me being here. So, you know, um, we'll, we'll kind of get there. We'll, we'll get to that when it comes. But, you know, for right now, I'm going to just continue to play and just have fun. Man, that's all I was worried about, yeah. honestly. Have you had a chance to explore Miami? Did you have any favorite ports of Miami? Thinking about maybe where you would, you know, maybe put a home down if you... Man, uh, I'm not sure, man. I love, everywhere I've been, I love Miami. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, just even restaurants, stuff like that. Just like, Brick, Brickle's cool. I like Brickle. Obviously, I love um, South Beach. Um, going up that way towards the beach. So, like, you know, I take, I take my rounds, but I'm more of a homebody, so I don't really do too much, period. So, you know, I come in and get in the gym. Go back home. I watch movies, man. I'll be chilling. No matter where I'm at. <laughs> when you do go out, I mean, you have a you've already kind of caught the excitement of fans, you know, the, the screaming, on, the yelling on the court, the, the dunks, all that stuff. Hey. Are you getting recognized? Like one out of ten people in Miami, how many would recognize you when you're walking uh, around? Not many, man. It just depends on where I'm at. I feel like you, know, yeah. you might get like one out of ten, maybe, maybe two. There's a lot of celebrities out here, man. So <laughs> I ain't nothing. <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate the time. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you. So yeah, apologize for some of the background noise there, but two really good conversations with guys who figure to be in the mix in some way, even when the Heat are completely healthy, and just two good stories overall. That'll do it for today's Locked on Heat. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Comment and leave a five-star rating on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Reach us on Twitter at Locked on Heat. And thank you for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great weekend. 